I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. This is going to be a lively podcast. My name is Sean Bowles. I am your host, and I have today Banning Leafshire from Jesus Culture On. If you don't know about Jesus Culture, it's an amazing ministry based in Sacramento, California that came out of Bethel and Redding, California, and it's a ministry of worship. They do events. They do leadership development, and Banning and his wife, CJ, are this couple who have pioneered probably one of the most unique ministries in the world right now because they're going after the supernatural, but they're doing it amongst stadium gatherings and amongst the music industry. I mean, some of their worship leaders, Brian and Katie Turwell, just won a Grammy for psalm writing last year. They've had such an influence and impact on this generation of especially youth culture and leadership development. It's amazing. So we're going to talk to Banning about how he got there, what happened, what are the, the exploring the prophetic points that we can get out of his life today. Oh, Banning, I want to welcome you to today's podcast, Exploring the Prophetic. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always good to be with you. <laughs> I just think of uh, the first time that you invited me to a Jesus Culture event, and I had my—I was going to play with you. I was hoping it would work because I didn't know if you had a, a funny sense of humor or not, but I had my assistant call you because it was down in Orange County or maybe text your assistant <laughs> or whatever and said, Sean needs a business class ticket from Los Angeles to Orange County. And he's going to go ahead and stay a couple nights. You know, I think I was speaking one session in the afternoon or something. And I think I got back like, okay, like uh, your team wasn't sure if we were serious or if we weren't uh, yes. serious. And I was like, and then it ended up becoming a good joke, but it wasn't a good joke at first, but it got there. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know if I realized at that time that sarcasm was your sixth love language. And so, uh, <laughs> so is. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to figure you out and meet you and get to know you a little bit and, and uh, realize, Oh, he's one of these guys. Oh, <laughs> it's like a 40 oh. minute drive or hour drive, <laughs> yeah. but I want to take a plane oh. and spend four hours getting down there. Business. Class. Okay. Yeah, I, I had you to, uh, you I had asked for a, you know, your, your pillowcase to have your initials sewn in. <laughs> yes. I think, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think no, no, you uh, did, we, but we I did have. some pretty fun stuff. Uh, you know, I, uh, and we've had, I, I've hosted a lot of conferences and we've had some really weird requests and th those are usually people you never, <laughs> you never invite back. You have a one-time wonder hit, you know? It's a one-time. <laughs> it was good while it lasted. Well, yes. you guys uh, in Jesus culture, obviously, if, if the world who's listening has not heard of you, you guys have an amazing ministry, which I just did an introduction a minute ago about. But you guys are in this year really um, finding your footing and you've planted your church. You guys already have had an event ministry for a long time and leadership development, but there's just kind of a whole new wave of activity, a whole new wave of excitement hitting around and stirred up around you guys. But this wasn't always the case. You got, you were a dreamer and you were dreaming about with God about an arena in Chicago, which I remember so much of the story, but can you, as far as we're, we're talking about exploring the prophetic. So can you kind of take yeah. us on that journey of like, how did you get an arena? This is crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, like Lou, uh, Lou Engel and Randy Clark meeting and wow. God speaking to me and saying, I want to marry the Nazarite intercessor and the healing revivalist, you know, wow. and we're going to release this in a generation. I had a dream. I was on the phone asking people how the penny affected them in 1948 and, and so when I woke up, I, I, I had just from my study revival, I had a sense that, um, 
1948 was the healing revival and 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 also that the penny one cent it was about sending yeah so so i start looking up 48 and it's this really monumental time it's like or roberts goes that he was going but that's the first time he goes to large cities uh, Catherine Kuhlman has this encounter where she recognizes that the atonement includes healing. Wow. Uh, y- y- yeah, all these different things. The voice of healing movement starts in 48, and uh, Branham was kind of at his height. There's all this stuff that happens, and God speaks to me. The Campus Crusade for Christ starts. God speaks to me and says, the anointing that I released on a few in 1948, I'm going to release on an entire generation wow. if they're hungry for it. So, so he just says, go mobilize this, go gather this. I'm going to release this on people. So we just start moving towards that. Well, what do we do with that? You know, do we do conferences? And, and so we start going out and do these conferences and the Lord keeps speaking to us. I have this experience where I don't know how to describe this fully, but we're um, Jake Hamilton's leading worship at one of our conferences. We've maybe got a little over 2000 of these young people there. And we're, we're probably an hour and 15 minutes into worship. And he starts doing this hallelujah chorus. And the whole, I don't know how to describe it. It was this wholehearted consecration to the Lord type moment. Wow. Like the whole entire place was engaged. And I'm, I'm on the side stage. So I'm off to the side. I'm worshiping. And again, I, I, I've told this story publicly, but I don't tell a ton. But, but I was on my hands and knees. And, and the Lord just came to me. Again, you know how this happens when the Lord just comes and speaks to you. And he came to me and he said, Banning, if you'll ask me for a generation in America, I'll give you one. Wow. And I, and I just remember being on the ground. I said, God, would you give me a generation in America? And then I felt the Lord come and place like a mantle on me. I, you know, I don't know how to fully describe this stuff, but I'm on my hands and my knees. And I felt him come put it on, my, on the back of me. And, and I knew it was the mantle to mobilize and to take what was happening in that room and see it hit a whole generation. Wow. And so, so all this stuff is happening, and then the prophets start rolling in. And then all of a sudden, Cindy <laughs> Jacobs like, like, you've got to go. You've got to go move towards stadiums. You've you got to write a book to do this. And, and Lou Ingalls prophesying about stadiums over us. And, and, and it's, a, it's a risky thing, too. It's interesting because following the prophetic, um, you're doing the best you can, right? I'm just trying to do the best I can to hear the Lord, to believe him, to take a risk, to move forward. But it's, it's, it's scary stuff as well. Well, no, I mean, you're, you're just, also jumping from, I mean, you guys were, were doing some of the most successful youth conferences, but you're jumping from 2000 Reading where you have a following to yes. stadium to Chicago, arena. to Chicago, which we, which was so random, but was prophetic as well. They, they had literally were going from like, you know, maybe the biggest, the most a conference would cost is a hundred thousand to 1.2 million, which quite frankly, I didn't know what I was saying yes to. Oh, I mean, this man. is the crazy, this is the crazy part of stuff. When the Lord gives you the prophetic stuff, you kind of say yes to it and it starts the motion, it starts things in motion. But I remember walking into Chicago when we were there, which again, the place, uh, I think the way we had it set up, it maybe held 15, 16,000 or something. And I remember walking in thinking, oh my gosh this could have gone really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this could have gone really bad. And in fact, the next year, uh, we actually got another arena and only had 5,000 show up. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and lost a ton of money that summer. But 
But the point being is you kind of say yes to this stuff and you go for it. It's a huge step. But it got to a point where there was, I mean, all of a sudden a dream comes. Like we're at Allstate Arena in uh, Chicago. We're going to Allstate Arena. And all of a sudden dreams are coming from people about all states and an arena packed with people. And, wow. and it got to a point where I felt like I am going to be in disobedience if I don't do this. Like I, it's getting to a point where it's not just the, it's not just the Lord encouraging me with the prophetic. Like if I don't do this, I'll be in disobedience. And I remember going to Chicago and, and we were still short financially and, and, uh, but we go to Chicago and, and I'm walking around Chicago about two days before the event. And I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. Like I'm crying. (laughs) I'm Mm. walking around Matt Redmond's album had just come out about, how, uh, you know, the Lord's never left him once or whatever. And I'm listening to this song, crying, walking around Chicago. But what I knew in my heart was this. If this whole thing doesn't work, at least I said yes. Like at least wow. I said yes. And at least I did the best I knew to try to follow the voice of the Lord in my life. And and sure enough, I mean, it worked out and, and, and everything went well. But it's interesting because people want to know, like, how, how'd you get where you are? Like they want... They would ask you the same question, like, how do I get there? Like, what's the, can you come and lay out the plan and the strategy you had to get to where you are? And it's interesting because I'm like, dude, if you only knew how much, it's, how much it's only trying to go, God, what are you saying so I can do that next? What's funny is that I was with you in uh, Los Angeles. I came and visited the Jesus Culture event. I think it was the last one you had here. So it was, must have been like two years ago. And, uh, uh, I remember a lady came up to you in the green room afterwards and, and she just, and you, you were, you were not in the right headspace to even talk to her just because you were like in the middle of the event and whatever. And you were very gracious and kind. And she said something to that effect. She asked that question, however she would ask it, like, how did you get here? How did you, how are you guys doing these events? And you could tell she's just a dreamer thinking like, I want to do events too. And not thinking about the consequences of who you are and like how God's developed you and what God wants to bring like the, the backstory. And I think a lot of people, they don't realize like if you don't have that prophetic history or that journey with God, it's you're just doing something. And then how do you yes. repeat that success? What's your process versus yes. what is your life? Tell me your story. And you can tell in this generation, there's been the lost art of hearing each other's real story. And yes. you know, it used to be, what's your testimony in the sixties and seventies? Maybe yeah. that was the equivalent. There's, there's none of that in these days. There's no one's asking like, tell me your story. They just want the process so they can have the fruit. And I love this podcast because we're hearing a little bit of your, you know, your inner process as far as how do you go from like a little youth group to doing a 2000 member event in Reading, hearing God about doing an arena, doing the arena. And you still were in, you still were financially behind when you got there. That's like a huge statement of like, yeah. we were that much on, in faith saying God will do it no matter what. You know, well, I think, and I think that's the heart of this whole thing. Like to really go on the prophetic journey you're describing, there, there really is something that says, God, I just want to obey you. I yeah. just want to obey you because even, because again, people will look at this stuff and uh, I just want to do what you say next. So if that's an arena, great. But when God started speaking to us about a church, because things were rolling, things were growing. And then God came and spoke to us about a church. And a lot of people were like, dude, that's a pretty big risk. Like yeah. you've got a lot of momentum in some areas to now go plant a church. But it's a little bit like, 
I don't know, it's what he told us to do. <laughs> like yeah. it's what he told us to do next. Like it, it's, it, it's not about whether I'm trying to protect the momentum or protect the name. Like I, I think, <laughs> and I think the Lord continues to release the prophetic to you. If you just have a desire to do what he's saying, yeah. Not not out of a, not out of a desire to build a name or to somehow have all of your dreams happen, but just I just want to do what God says. I remember sitting with Bill one time, and it was just so you know, you know, you interview Bill, and then he answers a question that you just feel it makes you feel like I'm not sure I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, because totally. that's not Pastor the Bill answer Johnson, I yes. would have said. Exactly. Yeah, Pastor Bill Johnson. I was asking him about dreaming for God or doing great things for God or something like that. And he just looked at me, he goes, I don't really think like that. He goes, I don't wake up in the morning and think, what can God do with my life? I just want to do my assignment. I just wow. want him to do, I just want to do what he tells me to do. And I, and I just like, and whether that's speaking to thousands or whether that's pastor and 10. And I remember just sitting there going, oh, that right there. Like, like the prophetic coming in my life has to be attached to, I just want to do my assignment. What's my assignment? And totally. if my assignment is to plant a church, I want to do it. If my assignment is to fill stadiums, I want to do it. And, and I think that the prophetic comes and builds faith and courage, but also just begins to reveal your assignment. But you really have to have a desire to obey him if he's going to really kind of reveal his assignment to you. Well, I think in the, in the context of what we're talking about, I think a lot of people who are growing or looking at the prophetic they don't really see the relational dynamic behind it. There's a God who thought of us for an eternity before he created us. And he thought of us with an assignment on the earth that would help us to enter into our eternal destiny with him. And I love this kind of thought wavelength because there's a place where so many people have not looked at uh, walking in the things of the spirit with a relational aspect of, I just want to obey you. I just want to be with you. I just want to do what you're doing. And you only think of it that way if you're a part of a healthy family or you have healthy relationships or healthy authority structure because then that brings you a lot of life. Otherwise, you're just trying to do stuff that brings you a lot of significance. Yeah. And so I so yes. appreciate banning our interview today. I so appreciate you sharing so vulnerably with us. And how do people get a hold of you? Uh, Jesusculture.com is the website and then the banning because uh, there's because I've never met another banning, but the banning <laughs> uh, is Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all that stuff. And your last book, which is a great discipleship tool, is called Rooted. You can get it wherever Christian books are sold and on Amazon and all kinds of places. But hey, I appreciate you. Thanks for being on the show today. Oh, man, it's really good to have been with you. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. 